Molly just started licking her foot and it sounds gross. Hi everybody, my name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Each week we talk about things like cryptozoology. When Molly licks her foot, it sounds like she's eating a bowl of mayonnaise. True crime. Mmm, bowl of mayonnaise. Urban legends. <laughs> uh, why does her foot taste so good to me and to her? Anything spooky related. Yeah. Every single week since Molly realized she had feet, about 2013, Lindsay will go somewhere, I will go somewhere else, and then we research a topic separately of one another, we walk back inside of our house, talk about what we've researched with each and every one of you and each other for the first time on Earth. And this week, I'm going to dedicate my portion of the show to my dad because we talked about Twix on an episode last week. And then he brought us a bag of Twix. Yeah, he did. That and was, it was amazing. It's really nice. They're almost already all gone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they're very good. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to dedicate your portion to? I'm going to dedicate my portion to the manufacturer of Twix. Oh. Which is probably like one company. It's probably like Hershey's. I think it's Tyler Twix. It's probably T-Twix. Yeah, T-Twix. At the Twix factory. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. It's run by one man. He's very tall. And, and he makes he, all the Twix. He makes all the cookies. Oh. Then he puts the caramel on them or the peanut butter, even though, you know, people have told he him hand, not to. He hand bakes them, the, yeah. the cookies. Yeah. That's why they've gotten so small over the years. Oh, that actually makes me want to make a homemade Twix. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like a little cookie with a little caramel dipped in chocolate. I'll make homemade Twix. I don't know if I've ever had a homemade Twix. A lot I don't of think people, I have. A lot of people were doing those like homemade Pop-Tarts and stuff. Yeah. What about a homemade Twix though? Yeah. I mean, that one's not that hard. No. Cookie? Well, shortbread kind of, right? Yeah. Caramel. I mean, caramel and then chocolate. Yeah. How good. Well, last week we <laughs> took uh, voicemails from our listeners about their mishap Halloween costumes. Yeah, we did. And I thought it was really fun and very funny. We th- realized that there's a Raptor King out there now. Mm-hmm. Eli's mom sent Eli and then Eli sent us a very hauntedly pixelated photo of the Raptor King. Yeah, he kind of looks like someone from the Matrix. Yeah, he looks like someone from the Matrix who'd want to hang out with the bad guys. And then they're like, can you... Who brought their kid brother? Who brought the guy? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're trying to do the... Um, what is it? When Keanu Reeves is in the room and they're like, well, what if you can't speak? And then his mouth grows over. Eli's in the back like, yeah, what if... Yeah, what if you can't though? And they're like, will you please... Well, he just stares because he has staring powers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't even think him trying to fit in with the the bad guys. I I just see him trying to fit in with the extras (laughs) (laughs) on that movie. Yeah, poor Eli. Well, we heard a lot of really good costumes, and that was very nice. So thanks for calling, everybody. That was a very fun episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was very fun. Yeah. You know, when when I was editing it, I was thinking, hee, hee, hee. Because it was so much fun. I laughed like that. Yeah. you. I can confirm you laugh like that all the time. Off mic. That's, that's my real... All the laughs I've been doing on this show are fake. I typically laugh for a while. Yeah. What's your laugh off mic? Um, I don't laugh. That's true. Ever. Yeah. I only laugh on the podcast. Yeah. Never outside. And you also, you also change your voice for the show too. Yeah, I yell everything. <laughs> yeah, everything else you just scream really loud? I scream really loud, even if it's something really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's just a little bit of behind the scenes about us and our lives. It's, yeah, it's our spooky lives. Well, Lindsay, I'm going to go first this week because you and I couldn't remember who went first the last time we had a real show. Mm-hmm. So we just decided I'll just go first. That sounds good to me. Okay. I have a little bit of breaking booze, but it's all like, man, we need some better stuff on cryptozoology news. Oh, I thought you were going to say like on our show. Oh, <laughs> like man, I have kind of breaking booze, but I realize, like, man, we just need a better show. You know what we need? Better stuff, better show, <laughs> like better uh, hosts. Every time, it's every, like better everything. Every time I put the headphones on to listen, I can hear how bad our show smells, <laughs> which is weird, uh, and I've never, I've never really begun to understand it, and I don't think I will. No, I think that 
we we have it in our show notes. I'm not really sure whoever checks show notes, but I don't know. I make them every week, so I may. And, and, and a lot of times, it's the same one where if you have a cryptid sighting or if you have a quote unquote cryptid sighting, yeah, click on the link to Cryptozoology News in our show notes and submit your own cryptid sighting because I would love to see one on there that I can tell is maybe from a listener. But don't make it obvious. But I think it would be such a funny thing. Okay, we can't force people to do stuff, you know? Yeah, I know. But like if you're sitting around, I don't know, if you're having a bathroom or if you're just bored at night and you're like, you know what? I want to try to politely and casually submit a fake cryptid sighting. I think that'd be really funny. Well, that's just lying. It is lying, but sometimes it's funny. Okay. Well, because the only two new breaking booze things that I found were a retired policeman and his family saw two Bigfoots at the same time. And then someone in New Jersey saw a young Bigfoot. And that's it. Okay. It's only Bigfoots. I mean, I know like tis the season. It's fall. And I think typically associated. Whoever said that fall was Bigfoot season? Doesn't it kind of just feel right to say that, though? Yeah. Fall I mean, is I guess Bigfoot season. Fall. Yeah. Because of pumpkins. Yeah, because of pumpkins. I mean, like... in the summer, they probably wouldn't want to come out because it's too hot. Exactly. Winter, too cold, easily spotted. Winter, they might hibernate, like, because technically they're bears that people think are Bigfoot. Yeah, bears are gorilla things. <laughs> and I feel like they would like to sleep. Right. The spring, too pretty. Maybe smells to, uh, allergies, perhaps. Maybe they have Bigfoot allergies. Mm-hmm. Imagine one of those sneezes. If, if a Bigfoot sneezed directly in front of you, I think it would, it would force you back at least 30 feet. I would like to think that has a really dainty sneeze <laughs> to make it funny. E- Ooh. <laughs> Just one of those? Yeah. Or they're one of the people that hold in their sneezes, which is really bad for your ears. Oh, no. yeah. <sighs> okay, good. Whenever I hear someone sneeze like that, I just, I, it makes me so uncomfortable because it's like, what, doesn't it just feel so good to just like have a power sneeze? Sometimes let it, it out. It feels awesome. Okay. Who sneezes the loudest that you know? I don't know. My mom sneezes loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. There's really not a lot of good breaking booze, but that's perfectly fine because I'm very excited about my topic this week. Yeah. You told me you were very excited about your topic earlier today. Do you remember exactly how I phrased it? I, I don't know. Probably I'm very excited about my topic. Yeah, why? Well, I, <laughs> I didn't know if there was anything special about that. Nope. Okay. I just thought it was funny. So my topic this week is about one of the most common and sometimes, I guess, unrecognized curses that can happen in day-to-day life. Do you know what it is? Do you have any guess? It's super a cur- common. A curse that could happen to anybody? That someone gives to somebody else. Yeah. So I could curse you this way or you could curse me. It's not curse words. It's not bad words. Um, It's not pee-pee and poo-poo. It's like something that you do to curse somebody. That happens. It happens on a day-to-day basis, whether you know it or not. I don't know. You could curse. I don't know. I'll tell you. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's the evil eye. Oh. When you just give someone a death glare, I but guess. But what is that curse? It just like people remember that. They're like, oh, they stared me down. Well, there's a lot more to it than just staring somebody down. We're cursing people? Well, I think if you believe in it and you believe in its power. So I guess I could just get into it. Okay. And let, and let you know. <laughs> so a lot of people think when it comes to the evil eye, oh, I'm getting all my information from LiveScience.com, an, okay. an article from 2017, which can you even remember back that far? No. No, I think like CDs were still a thing and iPods. So a lot of people, when when they hear about the evil eye, they think, oh, I just got side-eyed by somebody or someone gave me uh, also known as a death stare. Right. But the evil eye is real. Now, this is a quote from a smart person, uh, Alan Dundies, who's a folklorist. Quote, "In uh, in many places, people believe the evil eye is taken very seriously and requires immediate action to avoid harm. End quote. Well, are you like referring to like different cultures, how they have like that little emblem, that little blue that's a eye? Good, that's a good luck charm. That's oh. to avoid the evil eye. Okay. So yeah. it helps you. Mm-hmm. It's like it your sure garlic does. to your vampire. Even you saying garlic. Garlic is also a part of the story. Okay. So the evil eyes, a lot of people believe that this is real stuff. The evil eye is a human look. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. I feel like Molly gives us an evil eye sometimes. Yeah, she does. Okay. Uh, and I and I did forget to say that this article was written by an alien from Mars. Okay. The evil eye is a human look believed to cause harm to someone or something. The supernatural harm may come in the form of a minor misfortune or more serious disease, injury, or even death just from the evil eye. I feel like I give people the evil eye all the time. Am I just like clocking people out like left and right you got to be careful with that stuff oh boy if you're casually throwing around an evil eye left and right and you hear oh did you hear about nick his uh head fell off yeah what yesterday oh that's weird oh you know nick also ate my sandwich out of the fridge or whatever because i guess in this scenario you work in an office okay and you ate your sandwich out of the fridge you got to be careful with the evil eyes you're throwing around what kind of sandwich was it well what's a really i i always want to say pb and j but it's just such a powerhouse of a sandwich it's okay i yeah. love pb and j yeah so it's do I. okay get down with the pbj yeah, and I think that's what you say before you take every single bite of yeah. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> that's Even why with... no one wants to eat next to you at the office. Cause... What time's Lindsay eating lunch? 12? I'll go 12. She's 30. just so loud. She just repeats the same thing over and over and over again. And then she doesn't laugh at her sandwich because she doesn't laugh in real life. Yeah. And then she stares at me and then my head falls off. Hey, speaking of food, really quick, Lindsay and I are going to be, <laughs> we forgot to mention, Lindsay and I are going to be guests on one of our favorite shows, the Rude Cooking School podcast. So maybe that's why we're talking about food a lot. Well, we always talk about food a lot. Yeah, true. That's just our favorite thing. They say that doing the evil eye action to somebody Mm -hmm. causes curses. I think if you have the power to give a curse and you evil eye them, that's the quickest and most efficient way to curse somebody. And I guess people can die from it unless immediate action is taken. Uh, continuing on with the article, folklorist Alan Dundies in his newly edited volume. The his newly washed undies. And his new. Okay. <laughs> oh, Al- Alan Dundies in his newly washed undies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a children's book you just wrote. You're welcome. That's a really good children's book. Oh, thanks. Maybe we just change the first name so it's not the same guy. Maybe like, I don't know, Rick. Dun- no, Rick's not good. It doesn't matter. So in Alan Dundee's newly edited volume, The Evil Eye, a casebook, he notes that, quote, the victim's good fortune, good health, or good looks, or unguarded comments about them, invite or provoke an attack by someone with the evil eye. So a lot of positive energy, if someone, or positive affirmations and um, congratulatory stuff, and saying, hey, great job, friend, that can elicit an attack from someone who's willing to throw out one of the evil eyes. So just if you think someone's going to throw a little shade at you, you compliment them. Well, I think if you compliment them or compliment somebody else, then someone who can give the evil eye is going to hear that and go, not on my watch, because I only want to bring misfortune. And then they'll shoot you an evil eye, a death glare. And then all of a sudden you're, I don't know, number one in your pants or something like that. Yeah. Symptoms of illnesses caused by the evil eye include... Loss of appetite, that's fine. Excessive yawning, kind of boring. Hiccups, mild inconvenience. Right. Vomiting and fever, those are also ones. Hmm, if not the, good. <laughs> now, here's what I think's funny. If the object attacked is a cow, like a literal animal. Wait, he just said humans. Exactly. So that, that that's why it was written by, uh, by an alien, by a Martian alien. Okay, so if a person gives an evil eye to a cow. You can give the evil eye to a cow, to a cow, but I think you do it to affect the farmer because maybe they rely on the cow for dairy or for meat. Okay. Maybe this is what's going on with those cows out yonder. People are evil eyeing them and then their organs are just exploding and falling they out. They might be. I mean, again, I think this kind of goes back with the thing you were saying, levitating witches. Yeah, with the evil eye. With the evil eye. So if the object attacked is a cow, its milk may dry up. If a plant or a fruit tree is attacked, which I think, I feel like you kind of have to have eyes to get the evil eye because it's kind of, it would be really easy just to evil eye everything. Because I guess according to this article, you can just evil eye a tree. Okay. And then the tree just uh, withers and dies away or stops producing fruit. I just am thinking about like, they're going crazy. So I'm sure that our listeners can't hear it, but there are coyotes outside right now losing their minds. They are. Hopefully they're not giving us the evil eye. But never once have I decided to give a tree an evil eye. No, I think that's something that people typically don't think about. If you give a cow an evil eye, you're just sad. And it's also, you know, some would say it's also rude. 
How could you look at that beautiful little animal and give it an evil eye? We have cows up the road from us, and I would never think, I would want to give them the unevil. I want to give them the loving eye. We just stop and roll down the windows and scream cows at them in case they don't know what they are. Your cows. <laughs> cows. You're really cute. Yeah, they're very cute. Well, oh, they're so big okay, and cute. Okay, so you can curse anything, it seems like. Uh-huh. Even cows. Okay. I think, you know, pick on someone your own size. If you want to evil eye someone, you evil eye me, bucko. Yeah. Don't evil eye a wonderful, defenseless cow. Imagine evil eyeing a chicken. That's just, it's 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 really well, easy to do. Well, chickens are different, though. They're different, you think? They're scary. They yeah. come at you. They are descendants of dinosaurs. They're very dinosaur. They're, uh, yeah, I don't they got claws and- I think chickens are my favorite thing. So would you, if you had the ability to evil eye something, would you evil eye a chicken, you think? If it was coming at me, yeah, I'd be like, I don't like that thing. What if you didn't like the farmer who owned the chickens? Would you evil eye the farmer or the chickens? I mean, I figured it'd be easier to probably evil eye the chickens. Yeah, it would be easy. Then you don't have to come face to face with the farmer you don't like. You could just drive past their house and just stare at their chickens and hopefully they all start laying eggs full of scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. What are other things that you think you would stare at to give them the evil eye effect? Like a tree stops producing fruit. You could maybe, like we said, look at chickens or scorpions in the eggs. I mean, it's hard because it's like, what's something that I want it to stop doing that? Yeah. The trash. I okay. want the trash to stop. <laughs> just to stop so being I, trash? So if I stare at the trash can, like, will the trash just go away? You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to evil eye it. It would just stop producing. So we could be like cooking and like we'd throw the trash in, but it would just always go away. I like that idea a lot. Magic trash. So you're using your <laughs> magic trash <laughs> is the name of the new band I'm starting. Oh, cool. Do you want to be in it? No. Okay. Well, then I'll find other members in it. Okay. We're well, all playing tambourines. Oh, well, so. then I definitely don't want to be in it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea of using your evil eye for good, getting rid of all the trash. Yeah. Well, because I don't want to hurt anyone. No. You know what I would evil eye? What? Mean people to make oh, them nice people. So you're like people. a visual ante. Yeah. A, a real visual ante. Yeah, a visual ante. Yeah. I would I would evil eye all the meanies and buttheads and bullies. Yeah. So they became sweeties, friends, and buds. Yeah, but what if they died? Why? And they're not going to become anything. They're just going to become garbage. They would, yeah, they become, <laughs> yeah, no, I Which guess. Which I got rid of. So they'd just become dust. Well, maybe I would be able to harness the power of my evil eye to make it like how you have different settings for stuff. Yeah. Like high versus low. I'd set it on like a medium setting just to get rid of their butthead nature. Okay. Okay. The evil eye is also said to cause a number of other maladies, including insomnia, fatigue, depression, and my personal favorite, diarrhea. Hmm. Which is a bummer. <laughs> which is a bummer. In many places, disease is considered a magical and a medical issue. So some people think that, well, you have a medical issue, but this medical issue was brought on by magic, i.e. the evil eye. So if you pay, like, say you have all these symptoms and you're scared and you go to the emergency room uh -huh. and you pay $6,000 to be there and the doctor tells you, oh, you just got evil eyed. Yeah. I'd be so mad. I'd be mad, but I'd go, huh, well, thankfully I don't have a real disease. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I would high five the doctor. I would evil eye the doctor. Yeah? Yeah. And well, be like, oh well take that. Take that. I evil eyed myself because I looked in the mirror accidentally. You're gonna get rid of the six thousand dollar charge mm -hmm. or I'm gonna evil eye ya. Yeah. Or you're gonna have diarrhea for the rest of your life, buddy. I've already been evil eyed. You can't evil eye an evil eyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i think that that's true as well yeah let me google it can you get double evil eyed i think you would yeah i was gonna you say get double diarrhea do you probably oh no <laughs> so really quick this being as pg as possible what is double diarrhea you know what it is <laughs> it's when your diarrhea has diarrhea it's bad <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a cool thing you said. Okay. Oh, man. I'm going to start another band after Magic Trash mm -hmm. called Double Diarrhea. <laughs> I'm just giving you all these band name ideas. Called Double Diarrhea. Yeah. Man, you know what's so funny is we sit in our house and record this episode and we say things like Double Diarrhea. 
Yeah. And it's a podcast about the paranormal. Right. And we're also over 30. So. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell, you know. All right. Some people think we might be 13. Uh, (laughs) the The reason a given person succumbs to a malady may be attributed to a curse instead of a random chance or exposure to a virus. So that's what these doctors are treating. They're like, well, we're not going to rule out that you were targeted because someone thinks you're a butt wipe Mm -hmm. and they cursed you. Now, yes, this could be influenza. Sure, this could be the common cold. Sure, you could have swine flu. But we think that you might have also been cursed. And then they give you like one of those personality quizzes on Cosmo or whatever to like find out if you're like... Uh, if you're a Zac Efron type or more of like a Jared Leto type. Oh, and Zac then, Efron, totally. Well, then, if, but, but if you're a Jared Leto type, they're like, well, now we can't rule no. out that you were cursed. I feel like if I was a Jared Leto type, then I would have had have been evil-eyed in my life. Of course, yeah. I just don't like him. And that's okay. You know, I think whenever I see Jared Leto, whether it's, you know, and I'm not, I'm no Tim Gunn. I'm no fashionista. <laughs> but when I see Jared Leto, even just what he's wearing... And how he's doing, I always just think, man, what a chore this must be to just put on all these clothes and to be kind to be of the Leto. And to be kind of a butthead. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe he's like the symbol of the actual evil eye. Like the action of doing the evil eye is just like Jared Leto. We found an ancient hieroglyphs. It looks to be a carved <laughs> Jared Leto face. <laughs> it could be. Wasn't Jared Leto? Yeah, Jared Leto was uh What's the movie he was in that everyone was excited about a long time ago? He was the Joker. Oh, the first... Yeah, I get Fight okay. Club. He was in Fight, Fight Club. Club. Yeah. He got beat up in Fight Club, so... He did. A lot of people were excited about that. Meatloaf got beat up in Fight Club, too. It made me sad. Yeah, but he was still fun, you Yeah. Know? You know, isn't he so fun? He was still really fun. There was one time we stood 100 feet away from him, so... <laughs> yeah, we did, but his line was super long, so... It was, and we left. Anyways... It was a meat no. <laughs> <laughs> It was a meat, it was a meat goof away from here. Yeah. Meat goof. It can even affect objects or buildings. The evil eye cast upon a vehicle may, bra- uh, may cause the vehicle to break down irreparably. Irreparably? Irreparably? doesn't matter. Why do I care? I don't know. We never say that we're smart, so I'm just, yeah, I'll just mispronounce it probably both I don't think times. I've ever said that word. Neither have I. Okay. Yeah, I can can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is it irreparably or... While a house so cursed may soon develop a leaky roof or an insect infestation. Ew. Just about anything that goes wrong may be blamed on the power of the evil eye. This is anything ever. So if you've ever been walking outside and you trip and fall, you can go, ah, it wasn't the sidewalk. It wasn't me not paying attention. It wasn't me on MySpace, the app on my phone. It's because I got evil-eyed by some jerk. Anything. I wonder if evil eye is the reason that every time we go on vacation, I always get hurt. Like I actually tried to start a hashtag called hashtag always hurt. Yeah. So if you go on there, you might see me being hurt on different vacations you're gonna see my favorite photo i bet of Lindsay's. F- okay so this is gonna sound a little bit weird but really quick uh we just wasted about a half an hour because we might have been evil-eyed because my computer crashed stopped working and then went to bed turned it back on and praise whoever the audio is still here and that's very nice. Maybe we only got like half evil-eyed. Maybe we got evil side-eyed. Yeah. Well, what I was saying before my computer or had... evil-eyed by it. Oh, and a cyclops has three eyes, right? Or just has one. <laughs> no, a cyclops go the other <laughs> direction. The cyclops just has one eye. Okay, so we got evil-eyed by a cyclops. We did. Yeah. So uh, right before <laughs> my computer had double diarrhea because it was uh, evil-eyed by a cyclops, I was saying that on the hashtag always hurt, you might find my favorite photo, which is Lindsay's foot wrapped up in bandages uh, sitting on the dashboard of a car. Yeah, I had a blister that was like the size of a, probably a pretty big golf ball. I'd say the size of Italy. (laughs) Okay. It was pretty big. So what on earth were we even talking about? Um, it can affect things, blah, blah, leaky. Did I say, yeah, animal infestation, anything ever could be blamed on the evil eye. Yeah. Yeah, and then we talked about your funny foot and how it's always hurt. Uh, okay, the evil eye is well known throughout history. It's mentioned in ancient Greek and Roman texts. Also, a lot of famous uh, literary works like the Bible, the Quran, and even some of Shakespeare's plays. Now, I didn't take the quote out of one of the books, but there was one quote that says something about 
uh, eating dainty meats, which to me just sounds like Lunchables. Wait, is pertaining to the evil eye? It was something, something about the evil eye and then something, 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 dainty meats. So it had nothing to do, you just, you read that and you liked that. It, had, it has nothing to do with Well, you. here's You're the You're losing me on your dainty meat quote. <laughs> I don't know what. The, the quote itself, now I will not look it up, but the quote itself, it had something to do with the evil eye, but then at the end of the quote, it said dainty meats. And that's the only thing that I took from the quote <laughs> because I've never heard, read, or said dainty meats. Yeah. Uh, except for right now. And I think that that's just nice to say. You want to try to say it? Dainty meats. It's pretty good. I don't right? like it. It doesn't roll off the tongue very well. We just found a third name for one of my bands. Dainty Meats. Dainty Meats. Mm, I don't like that one. I definitely won't be seeing that one. That's fine. It's kind of an experimental project. Okay. Um, now, the evil eye is not a universal belief. According to a cross cultural survey by another folklorist, John Roberts, not as good of a name as uh, Dundee. Julia Roberts. As oh. Julia. Ro- oh, sorry. Julia Roberts. Yeah. A uh, pretty woman, Julia Roberts. And folklorist and actress. In 1976, only 36% of cultures worldwide believe in the evil eye. So the other 64%, I don't know, maybe they just think it's bad luck or they think it's whatever, but they, they just think it's not the evil eye. But 36% of the world believes in the evil eye. That's a pretty big percentage of the world. Yeah, so everybody else that doesn't believe in the evil eye are just probably scientists or doctors. Yeah. Because they're like, no, (laughs) you're dying of a rare disease. It's not because somebody looked at you mean. Now, no, you have a very terrible disease you got from a fly. You do not have what you keep calling double diarrhea. That's not <laughs> That's not a thing. It's not a thing. You're dying is what's happening. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to skip ahead because I'm running out of time. Um, babies and children are said to be the most susceptible to harm from the evil eye. Now, here's something that they do uh, in Greece, Romania, and India uh, and other countries praising a child publicly saying they did a good job for something they did like a karate match is what i kept thinking of yeah um if when you compliment that child that compliment publicly will draw the attention of someone who can give your child the evil eye because they don't want your child thinking they did a good job Mm. so i guess in a lot of in a lot of cultures you never publicly compliment your kid or kids Oh, is that, is that why people just normally yell at their children in public? Yep, because... Not because they're bad, because, yeah. you know... They don't want their they kid... They don't want people to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they don't want their kid to get uh, an, evil eye, an evil eye. Right. Now, here's something that I read on the internet that exists. In order to ward off the evil eye, say someone in passing, you're walking and someone said, oh, wow, your, your baby has a beautiful head of hair, which is something I'd go, okay, alien... But Mm -hmm. if someone said, hey, your baby has a beautiful head of hair and they compliment your kid in order to protect your kid from getting the evil eye, that person has to spit in your baby's face in order to negate what they did. So Uh, you compliment their hair and then you spit on them. Well, I don't I guess you kind of could if you were like, I really want to compliment that person's baby's head of hair you go well sorry i'm going to compliment your baby then i have to spit on him but if someone doesn't realize that the evil eye is a thing then you have to ask a stranger to spit on your baby's face yes Mm, yeah because what you're doing someone asked me to spit on their baby's face i'd be like you're into some weird things and i'm going to run away now i'm not going to spit in your child's face i'm going to leave there (laughs) so there are other things too like i was saying how you brought up garlic earlier yeah if you eat garlic or carry garlic around uh they said another protection is just quite literally while you're walking in public saying the word garlic out loud just by walking around and going garlic 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 (laughs) garlic that can also help that explains a lot you think no (laughs) (laughs) well i had some other facts in there about the evil eye mostly about garlic and spitting in children's faces which is rude but also eh, you know you got to toughen up because we don't want you getting evil eyed. You might just have to get spit on by a stranger. Maybe the word garlic is the first word you just need to teach your kid. Well, see, now and that's they'll why. they'll say it over and over and over again. It's a really good, as another really good point you brought up. Yes. Yeah. Teach, forget about saying uh, mom, dad, blue, son, cartwheel. Teach your kid how to say garlic first garlic. and foremost. Yeah. Protect your kid. Yeah. Or else. 
So that's that's a little bit about the evil eye. Well, that's interesting. So I think so, too. If you wear those evil eye pendants, they protect you from the evil eye as well. Oh, yeah. There were things in there. The, the, the color blue in general. Mm-hmm. A lot of places you wear these blue glassy pendants with an eyeball shape in there. In Mexico, they do this thing where they rub an egg across your forehead and then they break the egg. And then if the egg, if the yolk is oval shaped, you are cursed. If it's circular, you're not cursed anymore. But they also think that when you look at the shape of the yolk, it can kind of look like the person who gave you the evil eye. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff you can do. This is probably scary making breakfast. Yeah, I would think if I was cracking (laughs) eggs that I rubbed on my forehead to make for breakfast and they were all oval shaped, I'd go, I bet you this breakfast is going to give us double diarrhea. A (laughs) hundred percent. And they all looked like your neighbor. (laughs) They all all looked like like our neighbor who lives down the hill. That's scary. Yeah, it would be very scary. Well, interesting. Thanks, Lens. I was really excited about it. (laughs) I can tell because you told me you were. Mm -hmm. A little behind the scenes. I researched that topic when I was in the gas station in a gas station parking lot. Okay. Yeah, so there. Well, should we tidy up with a little haunted housekeeping? Let's do it. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, we will see each and every one of you in the haunted housekeeping bouncy house in three, two, one. Listen up, partner. Do you have any questions about ghosts, about time traveling, about cryptids, about true crime, about our dog, about anything ever? Well, hey, you're in luck because we have an aerodynamic, state-of-the-art, spooky spouses hotline that you can call and just be a real chatty Kathy. You can ask us anything. You could be, I mean, spooky related. It could be, you know, maybe you just have some questions about why we're still doing this and if anybody is even listening. Okay. <laughs> well, if you'd like to call, and we sure hope you do, the phone number is 803-816-2667. Or if the funny number is 803-816-BOOZE, like the plural form of the word ghosts, of the word that ghosts say. I like the funny number better. Hehe, <laughs> me too. Even though it's the same number. Yeah, it's just the funny version. So again, if you'd like to call us, please do. It's 803-816-2667. You can call any time of day, any time of night, even when you're on an airplane, if you want to be really sneaky and bad about it. Yeah, maybe the pilot needs to ask us a question. We'd also like to direct you to the scavengersnetwork.com. It is where we have our podcast and many other wonderful podcasts. You can check it out. We have a merch store. We have, you know, just special things on there and special friends. Um, and we also have a Patreon. You can donate anything from a dollar to 500,000, but it caps at, no, I think it caps at 500 million. Yeah, I think is it was usually what the cap is. Yeah, so three, three gazillion. But a Patreon will help support us and all the other shows and you get bonus content and it's really fun. It is. You can go to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and become a part of the scavengers network member club special friend group. And it's nice. And then you can feel like you yourself are actually you have a hand in making us sit down in our in our office and talk into these microphones every week. And also, if you haven't already, subscribe and rate our show. We love hearing from our listeners and we just want to make you happy. We sure do. You can say, hey, your dog seems cool or man, I'm glad that I'm glad I'm just happy in general. That's also nice to say. Yeah, maybe you just need to tell us you're a happy person. You just want to get it out. <laughs> W-I-D-K. Is your morning commute too much fun? Do you wish listening to the radio sucked even more? Join Fish Stick. It stops you from pooping, but it has its own good chemicals that fight the bad chemicals in you, and that's why yogurt's good for you. Lulu. I don't like shellfish to eat. It feels wrong, like you're just prying open someone's house and you're like... The Professor. If you really think about it, a hot dog is just a soft shell bologna taco. And mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena because that just seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. Like, there's a reason he's completely shaved. This is I Don't Know Radio, the only show that delivers more than you wanted and less than you hoped for. Search WIDK in your podcast app. Well, welcome back, partners. Yeehaw. Mister. 
Um, <laughs> my topic this week is, I guess I'll just jump right into it. Okay, fine. I mean, it's spooky season. It's Halloween. Uh-huh. What? Halloween ends on Thursday? Something like that. Technically. I mean, I get all confused because people have their parties and stuff. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. I think we should have one again in November. What, what day? December. Oh. Well, technically, we kind of have a spooky Halloween party every single week. Yeah, we kind of do. I guess our show is like uh, a weekly miniature spooky party. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's like, do we have enough party atmosphere on the show? Do you think we like, I don't know, bring well, it? I mean, we turn the the rave lights on and Mar- <laughs> Marty. <laughs> <laughs> the rave lights on and Molly always, you know, dances around. I thought you were about to say party, but you were ca- trying to call our dog Molly. But said yeah, Marty. I said Marty. I'm going to, yeah. Well, I, that I like it's, that. A, it's a Molly party, a Marty. It is a Molly party. Well, anyways, this week, I'm going to talk a little bit kind of about scary movies, but kind of about more of scary movie directors. Okay. Some unusual facts about them. I like it. I'm ready for it. Well, I'm going to start off with one of my favorites. Can I guess? Yep. Cranley Stubrick. <laughs> Close. Oh. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Oh, I always mess that one up. Yeah. Well, he, you know, wasn't known for scary movies, but his movies were pretty weird, for sure. Yeah. Very unusual movies. The The Shining, is that really a scary movie or is it more so of like a thriller or a suspense? I don't really know. It's everything. Yeah. Everything and everything. Not a comedy. It could be funny. Yeah, I guess if like... If you like that sort of thing. I guess if you think snow is funny, they're outside and you're like, look at all that snow. Look at all that snow. Well... The first thing I want to talk about is that when he made 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. he actually applied for insurance on that movie in case NASA actually found out that there were aliens before 2001 came out. Oh, yeah? He was so afraid that he was going to represent aliens in this movie and they were actually going to find them because this is during the space race. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to be embarrassed because they find something and it's not my vision and now my movie's tacky. Wow. So he basically had the nightmare of spending years and effort on millions of dollars on a movie that would have a real life event ruin it. Whoa. So he, so originally Kubrick wanted to film the feature with on-screen aliens, but they went through a ton of different designs discarding each of the aliens in fear that the audience actually might find them ridiculous if we actually find aliens. So he would think that the people seeing the aliens on the movie, they'd be like, oh, those look nothing like the real aliens we saw. And his movie would be a big joke. That's what a heady thing. That is such a heady thing. Well, that's a Kubrick thing. He just overthinks everything. But yeah, him and another director, they actually went through different looks Their one look that they were actually really thinking about, like for like sure, was aliens, but they almost looked demon-like. I can get behind that. Which is really weird because you never see aliens portrayed as like a demonic like figure. Not really. I'm I'm trying to think of all the iterations of an alien that we've seen in movies and pop culture and whatever and. I don't think most were like demonic. No, the only thing I can think closely enough, but it wasn't really aliens is like Event Horizon. That's kind of demonic in space kind of thing. Um, Of course, they went through different things like bipedal lizards, uh, ones that looked (laughs) like gargoyles, um, huge insects. Yeah, Um, like Starship Troopers. But they thought if NASA discovered real aliens, that his whole years and money would just be a whole joke so like i said this was during the space race um they got really scared in 1965 because that's when the russians reportedly detected signals from space oh cool and that's when they were getting signals but they found out that it was not from that um it was just like pulses or something from satellites i don't know i don't know a lot about space so it was it wasn't it was from space but it was not alien yes but he actually got a insurance company that would give a policy to pay out if NASA found aliens. So basically it would protect him. If NASA found aliens, he would basically get reimbursed for this movie that he made because he knows that it would be a joke. That's so 
That's so cool. And also, like, I wonder if people have taken insurance out on their movies. They're like, well, I want to take insurance out on the Fast and Furious 15 because if people start <laughs> to not watch it and it's not as good as I think it'll be. I want my money back. I want my because I did a bad job. I want my money's please. But nobody at the time had really heard of doing this. this yeah. This was kind of a new thing. But I mean, the insurance company was intrigued, but then the insurance company kind of caught on and they got scared that NASA would actually find aliens too. And they were like, well, I think they might find aliens and that means we'll have to pay him out money. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it. So they ended up countering him like an astronomical amount of money. Okay. So Cooper couldn't afford it. Wow. But they were like, okay, we'll do it, but we're going to triple what we're going to pay you. You need to pay us triple right now. Yeah. Wow, that's so wild. So Kubrick started this, like, started the theory and then kind of got everybody scared. And that's why you don't see aliens in 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay, so two things. One, about five minutes ago, you did say bipedal lizards. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep that as another name for a band of mine. Okay. But then follow up. I guess thinking about it now, it really isn't a thing you can do to take insurance out in case your movie fails down the road. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, whether NASA found space people or not, it still meant that Kubrick was going to have a movie that flopped or people were going to begin to judge him in a totally different way. Or it was essentially assurance out against his own image. Right. Wow, that's so funny and also such a Kubrick thing to do. Very Kubrick thing to do. That's so neat. What if they would have found aliens, though? Well, I know that could have been like, or what if he put aliens in his movie? That could have been a totally different movie. It would have been wildly different. Yeah. The insurance out that he took out or that I'm surprised he didn't take out on The Shining is a blood coming out of elevators. It's like, <laughs> well, what if they develop that technology? What if we start getting blood out of elevators? <laughs> yeah. Then this is going to be a joke because, well, maybe that's why his is so realistic because he's like, I'm going to make sure that if blood ever comes out of an elevator, this is exactly what it's going to look like. He was 100% sure on that one. Hi, insurance guy. I My name's Stanley Kubrick. I want to take insurance out on um, little kids locking their dads in freezers because what if people start doing that down the road too well another thing about kubrick is he feared flying which i can very much relate yep um so he had all his filming accommodate his refusal to leave england which i did not know this so kubrick never flew um he actually had a pilot's license and flew planes himself in years before but stopped in 1960 um he said he had a close call sitting in a cockpit of an airplane and also lost a really good friend to an airplane crash. Well, rightfully so. I could I could understand why you would not be stoked about flying. So he said that he was not leaving anymore. He was like, whatever I got to do, I'm not, not flying. I'll get there some other way, but I'm not flying. Yeah. Um, he actually said, quote, our ability, unlike the other animals, to conceptualize our own end creates tremendous psychic strains within us. That is a really profound thing to say because i don't think most other mammals uh think about their own mortality on a day-to-day basis yeah i mean i'm terrified of flying because that's the first thing that comes to my head is like oh i'm gonna get in this thing that i know i could pro i could probably die in it yeah it's weird i bet you we're gonna find out soon though that like crows and magpies and stuff those super well any smart bird Mm -hmm. are gonna be like oh yeah they've known that they're gonna die for a long time right and they're but you know they're they're cool with it but of course Kubrick, you know, goes on and on and he's all, you know, philosophical with everything and he keeps continuing. But basically for like he goes on for maybe several more minutes and then basically towards the end he just says like flying scares me I could die. (laughs) And he's just like I just don't want to do it. But um, like I said, he had a pilot license and everything like that. It just scared him, obviously. But you think about it. So The Shining, you think, well, everybody knows that took place in Oregon and all this stuff. He did that remotely. Yeah, that's right. He directed that remotely. He never left England for it. So because I as soon as I found that out, I was like, wait, I thought he did stuff in New York City with Clockwork Orange and in London as well. But then he also did The Shining, which was Colorado. So any parts of The Shining was the exterior and the driving and stuff. And that was in Oregon. But everything else was shot in England. That's right. I think that they were saying like in certain shots, 
you can tell that the scale of the place is smaller or yeah. something and blah, blah, blah. I don't really know. But so they, they were doing most of it in, on sets and stuff or like other locations in England. Yes. And they actually built the whole hedge maze in England. That's cool. So that was all built on a studio set. The uh, snow was made out of mixed salt and formaldehyde and the fog was sprayed vegetable oil, which I just thought was like, wow, you're just slippery and crazy. Slippery and gross. <laughs> Can you um, imagine walking around in a mist of vegetable oil? Yeah, that would be terrible. And I feel like it would smell bad. It would smell. You know, it might be really good for your skin, though. Maybe. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. um, one of my other favorites. Jungle, because it was the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. All replicated in England. He had special trees fly like flown in. He had over 200 palm trees flown in from Spain. That's a pretty intense thing. Yeah, he totally, if you watch that movie again, nothing is done in the jungle or at, near Vietnam What? Whatsoever. You know what would have saved Stanley Kubrick a ton of money and time? Hmm. FaceTime or <laughs> Skype. He didn't uh, have that Skype. I know, but I'm just thinking like, man, th- <laughs> Skype would have saved Stanley Kubrick literally millions of dollars. Yeah. If probably. they could have just Skyped or they could have done the thing like they did on, uh, what was it, Arrested Development, where you have a guy walk around with a camera on his head or on his hat or whatever so you can see what he's seeing and they can see you. Just have a surrogate. There you go. That'd be sweet. I'd be Stanley Kubrick's surrogate in a second. Well, the movie Eyes Wide Shut, like I said, it you are like New York City. It's all taking place in New York City, obviously. They replicate Greenwich Village and all that stuff. Nope. All replicated on a stage in Britain. Wow, that's so cool. So they actually went to New York City, had people look around these certain areas that they want. He wanted films, like, or he wanted scenes filmed, mm-hmm. and they replicated those exact scenes from New York in England. That's cool. Um, yeah, so he did it all on studio and stuff like that. So he never had to leave. If he did have to come over to the states, he would take a boat. Wow, huh? Yeah, he would not fly. Wow. Well, I mean, more power to him for sticking to his guns, but. Man, I wish he would have had Skype. Uh, The biggest thing I thought was funny in this uh, article that I was reading, somebody was trying to be really funny because they claim he faked the moon landing. Oh, yeah. And they're like, well, that confirms that he never went to the moon at all. Oh, what a good joke. And you're like, okay, whatever. Leave the jokes. (laughs) Leave the jokes for the, you know, for uh, who? Jim Carrey. Yeah, funny people than us. I was trying to think of... Leave, leave the joke for Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Okay, well, those are just a couple about Kubrick. There was a lot of weird stuff about Kubrick, but here's some Rob Zombie facts. Okay. He's a big uh, <laughs> horror director. He is. We were just talking about how good of an album, whatever it was. Uh, I forget the name of the album, but like in 2000 or 1998, we were just talking about that album this weekend. <laughs> That's a great album. Well, the more facts I read about him, the more I actually liked him. Um, did you know that his first job was being a gopher on Pee-wee's Playhouse? He was? Yep. He'd go get coffee for Pee-wee? Yeah, he would like maintenance the puppets and do whatever anybody needed yeah. at Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, that's so cool. I wonder if he got to like, if he ended up developing a relationship with any of the puppets like Cherry or <laughs> the other puppets I don't remember. Yeah. Like Couchy. The mailman. Lampy. Well, he wasn't a puppet. He was a real man. He was a real man. Cowboy Curtis. Um, He later went on to direct a Wool Light commercial. Wool Light? Yeah. And if you watch the commercial, it's, you know, Wool Light. Isn't it the, no, Snug- Snuggles is the little bear. Yeah. Snug- Snuggles. Snuggies. Snuggies. The blankets they go in. Snuffed-a-ta? What's the one? Snuggy. Snuggles. Snuggles. But what's the what's the what's the actual liquid? I don't know. <laughs> the detergent? I don't know. I remember. I think we're really dumb, and I think it is just Snuggy. <laughs> it might be. Whatever. Okay, but he did a wool light one. Yeah, it's a very. I mean, it's not bad. You can tell it like is definitely a director that would probably later on go do horror films. Did you watch it? Yeah, I mean, it's a typical commercial but people were like what is this for and this is a little dark like it's very like david fincher kind of dark and like oh that's really funny i'm surprised the company even did it um he almost made follow-up movie the crow he almost made the crow three. Oh, that would have been cool probably uh, he came up with the idea for the third crow movie as a dystopian future yeah a young boy and his mother are murdered by a priest of a fallen one and the crow <laughs> brings back the boy to life and finally 27 years later he becomes 
a futuristic bounty hunter. What? And seeks vengeance. Okay. Pretty different movies, huh? Yeah. He, uh, Rob Zombie worked on this for 18 months before bailing. Wow. That's a long time to work on something and then go, yeah, I think the bounty hunter thing's a little, little bit of a stretch. Yeah. And when I looked up his, the people that he admired most, it perfectly fit Rob Zombie. Did it really? Yeah. It is Alice Cooper. Duh. Steven Spielberg. Oh, okay. And Stan Lee. Yeah, I get that. So I could totally see that. Um, and his favorite universal monster is Frankenstein's creature. I think that's a really powerful creature too. That's a really good, that's a good, it's a good one because yeah. really intense looking, really scary, just wants to be loved. Right. He just wants a little huggy and a little snuggy and just in clean <laughs> clothes. Snuggles, clean clothes. Now, you did say another band name and it was Dystopian Future. And I'd oh. like to know if you want to be in that one with me. Uh, yeah, I'll think about it. Are there any bands you want to be in with me? That I one? Know, maybe. Dystopian Future... Well, maybe maybe you'll see another band name. Well, do you want the last director? Uh Uh-huh. Sure do. Wes Craven. You know, I don't know a lot about Wes Craven. I don't either. And I feel really silly because he was born in Cleveland. He was? Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. So were we, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So take that. Yeah. And so we should know more about him because he is in spooky stuff and he was born very close to us. Wow. Is he our same age? (laughs) Wes Craven is gone. Oh, I didn't know that he passed away. <laughs> he was born in 1939. Okay. Um, he also went to study English and psychology and earned a master degree in philosophy and writing at John Hopkins University. Okay. So kind of a smarty pants. Yeah. And since he was kind of into English and psychology, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a perfect combo to start writing like horror movies. Sure. I could see that. Because he knew how to mess with you. Um, He was actually a professor for several years before he started directing. He was? He was. And he actually worked at a job in post-production company in New York City. Obviously, I think his biggest thing is Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. And Freddy Krueger was actually the name of a boy who bullied Craven as a kid. Oh, sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty intense even just hearing about it that he there is a whole, there's a whole franchise based off of a bully of his. Yeah. Wow. Um Freddy's iconic sweater is also the color because the director had read in Scientific American that red and green are the most clashing colors in the spectrum for the human retina. I agree. They are really difficult to look at next to each other. Yeah, well that's why his sweater is the iconic green and red not only hard to look at based off a person hard to be around i wonder the kid that like he named freddy like the real freddy krueger yeah like after that movie came out like he was still an older man but like he's like man you are ruining my life now like that's his (sighs) way to get back on him because now he has jokes because they're Mm -hmm. gonna be like oh you're named after freddy (laughs) krueger never should have bullied wes no i wonder if he was writing wes craven letters that's like Dear Wes, sorry for bullying you, but also you are putting me on blast really hard. And people now, now more people don't like me. Yeah, because now they think I'm scary and I'll get you in your dreams. Which, in their defense, I do have that ability. How cool would it be to like live next door to a guy named Freddy Krueger? Cool? Yeah, because like Michael Myers, there's a lot of people out there named Michael Myers. I think I know mm, 40 of them right now. There's like a lot of people with that name. Freddy Krueger? No. There's not a lot of Freddy Kruegers. Yeah, there's not a lot of Freddy Kruegers. There's not a lot of, uh, what was the name of the guy with the mask from Scream? Scream face guy? Ghoul ghoul face? Screamy mask? I forget. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's a really dumb name for the mask. I was trying to make a joke. I guess it wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I was going to say if you live next to that person. Or just someone who always wore that mask all the time. See, I think it'd be cool to live like next door to the real Freddy Krueger. You just have to be careful he doesn't bully you. Yeah, true. Because maybe he's like a 60-year-old bully. Yeah. Those are my fun facts about some directors. There was a lot of them, but I thought those were fun. Nice. I also think those are fun. Yeah. Well, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for writing the music you heard at the beginning, the middle, and the end of our show. You can find Eli on the internet at Eli Who Does Music. He is... The Raptor King. He's the Raptor King. Has flute arms. He has flute arms. He walks very quietly, I'll say. He's very good at sneaking around. He's not good at the evil eye. He's not good at the evil eye. Uh, What else? What's something else he's good at? Standing. A lot of other things, but those things, no. No. Yeah. He's good at the (laughs) Raptor King. 
Yeah, I think we could say that he's probably the best at it because no one else is good at it. Right. We'd also like to thank everybody at the Scavengers Network. Like I said, go check it out. There's a bunch of wonderful podcasts on there and a bunch of wonderful people on there. That's true. And you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. You can be a donor. You can help us make our show. You can help us do more exciting things in the future. Who knows? Also, we'd like to thank all of you because without you, there is no us. That's true. And we'll say again at the end of the episode that I think it's this week, if not next week, but just stay tuned. We're going to be on the Rude Cooking School podcast, uh, which is hosted by our friends John and Rebecca. And it's a very fun podcast. You learn a lot about cooking and food and ramen noodles and how to take care of your knives. Uh, just go to any podcatching app and type in Rude Cooking School, R-O-U-X-D-E, and then Cooking School. And you can find it. And it's a wonderful show. And we want to thank John and Rebecca for having us on because we're excited about it. Very. Well, until next week, have a week where you get evil-eyed really quick. No, where someone compliments you, but then... You know, you kind of have to do it. Someone does give you a little spit right in the face uh, because that's, I mean, there's really no other way around it. And also, you know, I'm going to start living my life like Kubrick. Instead of leaving England, I'm going to not leave the house. Ever? Yeah, I'll just ship in a bunch of palm trees if I feel like I want to go to Mexico. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Cool. All right. Well, until next week, have a great one. And we will see each and every one of you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Testing my microphone. Testing my Michael Raphone. Testing my Marcus Raphone. Testing my Meganophone. Does sound okay to you over there? Yes. I like Meganophone. Do you need to test you probably need to test your Meganophone? Um I can't think of any other names. Yeah, just use Meganophone. Meganophone? okay is that it what do you feel okay yeah does it sound okay i don't know we you and i don't record with headphones on no i mean it sounds good in the room sure molly's happy she is okay well here goes okay bye the scavengers network creator driven community focused treasured content new friends this is ellen weatherford do you like animals do you enjoy arbitrarily rating things out of 10 can you tolerate puns if so join me and my husband christian over at just the zoo of us for a weekly review of your favorite animal species just the zoo of us is available on spotify itunes and other podcast apps you can find us at anchor.fm slash just the zoo of us see you soon